Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue, joined by my friend, the one and only Trayton, back here for another episode today. We're so excited uh, for this Texans game that's coming up. Make sure you guys stay tuned for this episode. We got a lot coming today. Um, first off, you know how how are you doing, Trayton? You know what's new? You got you excited for this or what? Well, shit, I'm doing a hell of a lot better than we were Monday. So <laughs> exactly, I think we recovered. I think we recovered. We did. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like uh, reaction pods and when you're breaking down the game right after it happened, the emotions yeah. are high, win or loss. But um, after I went back and rewatched the game, you know, I think there's there's a lot of things to be positive about. Uh, you know, just all the things that happened in that game that like I'm not going to say it was fluky because it was just, you know, we needed to be better that night. But you also. I mean, it's fluky in the sense of you're not going to have two like you don't you don't really see two goal line fumbles regularly like that, you know. Dude, it's so tough. So like that that loss in general. I don't want to dwell too much on it. You know, as an NFL fan, you really your best bet is literally just like moving on. That if you keep dwelling too much over a loss, then you know how are you going to be excited for you know what's next with your team? Um, I thought that like that pod like right after recording that right after the game i mean who else is doing that like I'm, I'm you know i'm really happy that we're gonna be bringing this for you guys this season um we're bringing like live reactions to these like games like right after we're not wasting any time um we want to bring you guys the content that you want make sure you guys check up the episode the episode did really well i appreciate everybody that listened you know seriously that means the world uh to me and trayton um and so today uh so without further ado, we're going to be doing a pregame uh, episode for the uh, Houston Texans game. Week two of the NFL season. Um, couldn't be more pumped. We're hosting uh, the Texans at home. Russell Wilson, instead of getting all those, uh, you know, completely garbage boos from the garbage Seattle fans, we will be getting, um, uh, hopefully, we'll get definitely we'll be getting a round of applause from, you know, this Broncos uh, fan base has been hoping for a uh, generational quarterback for so long. And we finally got that franchise QB who can uh, bring this team over the hump. Obviously, you know, one thing I want to hit is, you know, the injuries, man, they've been piling them up. We've seen uh, Josie Jewell. He's looking very doubtful. What once again for week two, um, he's dealing with that calf injury. Um, KJ Hamler's ruled out. He's uh, he didn't like really necessarily uh, like re irritate that injury that he had. Um, but they're just kind of taking a cautious with him. You got to ease a player like uh, KJ back, especially after such a brutal um, injury like he had with that torn ACL. Um, you got to take that, be careful with that. I like what Hackett's doing there. Um, Randy Gregory's questionable as well as Billy Turner. But I, I expect, honestly, I expect Billy Turner to be ready. Um, I said that last week, but I do, I do expect Billy Turner to start at right tackle for the Broncos this weekend. Um, I'm excited to see what he can bring. 
Um, last week, man, Cam Fleming played a hell of a game. I was really shocked. Like last year, um, Broncos fans weren't holding back on how poorly he was performing. And that's why George Payton didn't bring him back. But last second, um, after that, you know, um, well, uh, Billy Turner, you know, recovering from that injury, we, we brought him back and he beat out Calvin Anderson for that starting right tackle spot. So Anderson's kind of our swing tackle now. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm really happy with uh, what we saw from Cam Fleming that game, you know, given that it's going up against Seattle's defense, but I'm happy with what I saw from him. Um, there's still other few players um, questionable for that game. Um, Quinn Miners uh, ruled out. He, he avoided going to the uh, IR but he is expected to miss around um, two, three more weeks, uh, possibly. He is uh, definitely ruled out for this game against Houston with that hamstring injury. Um, but yeah, aside from the injuries, you know, hopefully this team can stay healthy. I know some fans are questioning, you know, Hackett's method this offseason to uh, rest players and not play them during preseason to avoid uh, this exact health crisis that we're having. But, you know, we're right back to square run one, it feels like, from last season with all these injuries. Um, but what I am very optimistic about is the fact that we have Russell Wilson who can who can lift this team, you know, even during these um, all these injuries and, you know, get the, he just brings his team over that hump. It feels like I just feel a lot more safe with our chances um, with Russell Wilson at the helm you know, potentially not carrying this team, but doing what it takes to make up for those losses um, on offense. And, um, and, you know, as, as opposed to previous quarterbacks like Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, you know, it could tell that, you know, losing just those few players could really hurt this team. Um, obviously, defensively, it hurts to uh, be losing Josie Jewell. He's kind of that um, glue on that defense, especially in the middle part of the field. We saw that last week. Um, but I like what I saw from Jonas Griffith. Alex Singleton is going to have to step up a little bit. Um, Justin Sternad as well. Um, yeah, going into this week, what do you what are you expecting from this Denver Broncos team? What do you want to see this team accomplish besides obviously the W? You know, uh, really, what I'm looking for, and you know, I'm going to tie this back into the loss against Seattle. You know, okay, and and you know, and this is something you said yourself. You know, most of the uh, most of the issues that we faced on Monday night were fundamental, and. Mm. Uh, you know, then, and again, you know, and I always say this about week one, you just, you never know. Um, in a lot of cases, I mean, that was a game of really sloppy football. Um, and I don't expect to see that again this week. Uh, you know, it's early in the season and I feel like you're going to have some of those growing pains and just fundamental issues. You know, you're getting back into the swing of football. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, like, and like I said, you know, like two goal line fumbles, um, a coach, just a blatantly idiotic. Uh, and, you know, things like that, though, um, those are good learning experiences. And then, too, yeah. just like with the goal line fumbles, you're not going to see that again. Uh, I'm not saying that obviously we're never going to fumble again or maybe have a game like have a game where we struggle with ball security. But two goal line fumbles uh, that, to me, that's that in itself in general is fluky. And I don't I, I don't believe we'll see that again. Um, and I, I you know, I think, too. Uh, there, there were a lot of factors in that Seattle game that played a part into our sloppy play. And, uh, you know, with this being a home opener, we're going to be at home. And, uh, you know, we're a little bit more beat up than we were last week, uh, which is expected. But this week, you know, I, 
I honestly expect to see the offense operate in uh, as far as play calling goes. Yeah. I, I would expect to see roughly the, you know, the same thing. Um, and I know the Texans, they run a lot of Tampa too. Uh, you know, I, and I, I think it's a, I think there's a very a fair chance that we could see uh, Russ really work in the short game. Uh, I could see us being really run heavy. Um, and another thing too, I, I think we were too caught up in the emotions of the loss on Monday to talk about this. But one thing that really stood out to me in the Seattle game uh, was Javante with 11 receptions. Oh um, yeah. And I, I'm really, really interested to see if Javante is going to be worked into the passing game more. Um, and I, I think he's a player that has value there. Uh, you know, and I think if we can start uh, cooking up some creative concepts with Javante and getting him involved in the passing game, um, and if, if he can become a back for us, that's not only a, a nightmare to tackle in the, and take down in the run game, but if we can get him involved, get, uh, make him a back that has passing, like uh, receiving value, then I think that's huge. And that brings so many new elements to our offense. Uh, and I think so. I think that's something that we're going to see again this week in Houston. Um, but you know, and I, I think the offense is going to have a fairly—I uh, wouldn't say easy—but I, you know, this isn't the isn't the toughest of matchups. Um, and if I'm being honest, I mean, I think this is a game where the offense should should uh, succeed pretty well without much issue. Um, and then a hundred percent, I expect the defense to be significantly better from last week. And I think, you know, and one thing that I think people are not realizing about last week as well is, yes, the defense, there were a ton of holes and just, I mean, and even putting aside the penalties away, the defense just didn't look good in the first half. And I I don't expect to see that again. Uh, You know, and I think after halftime, we held the Seahawks to what was it, like 35, uh, 34 yards? Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, it was just completely the, like, just the polar opposite of, what we saw in the first half and uh you know i th- i think things like that are to be expected you know there were a lot of holes in the defense i saw a lot of miscommunications on film and uh you know after like once you get those types of issues kind of ironed out i feel like uh and once you get in the groove the groove of the season and now that we you know everybody on offense and defense special teams has gotten a chance to have you know actual game reps um you know I think Averro is going to take those uh, halftime adjustments that he made. And I think that's going to lead to a, you know, an, o- an overall better game plan. And I think too, just the, you know, the added reps now, I think that's going to help prevent a lot of miscommunications we saw week one. Um, and then two, you know, I actually, uh, in a lot of ways, I, I, I kind of view uh, Seattle, you know, after I started looking at the rosters, I think Seattle's stronger than Houston in a lot of places. Um, you know, and uh, I, I definitely think that I definitely think that this is another very winnable game. Um, if 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 we lose this week, then there's definitely going to be some uh, definitely going to be some serious concerns. But uh, like you said, you know, I, I see us winning this game uh, pretty handily. I think a lot of the uh, the reasons we lost Monday is just you know simply fundamental things and uh things that you're not going to see on a week-to-week basis but yeah i I, you know i expect i expect i expect a great performance on both sides of the ball especially just looking at the rosters on paper the team we're playing um i and by no means is houston a pushover but i think just looking at the rosters and being comparative i think that we should win this game 
you know, fairly handily. Yeah, I like the transition that the defense, and you brought this up, the defense made from the uh, first half to the second half. That just showed, goes to show that, you know, and this team overall, they just need to get, the, like, the jitters out. I think it was, you know, the opening week of the season. This is the first time we saw the entire 53-man roster, you know, um, out there in that stadium, uh, playing those starters playing together, um, those 22 players um, trying to build that chemistry in live game action. Obviously, we've seen it um, in scrimmages, in practice, training camp, OTAs, whatever it may be. But what you know, the fact comes, you know, this is this is the first time we saw them in an NFL game. Um, even Lloyd Cushenberry talked about it. He said that you know the lack of lack of game reps. Uh, did he said he felt the lack of game reps did contribute to um, the Broncos' loss and the overall performance and you know the sloppiness, the the penalties, the poor tackling, mis- miscommunication. Another one. Um, yeah, I just felt like they needed to get that game out of the way. It did suck that you know we lost this the Seattle, but you know you talked about this Seattle on paper does have a better roster than the Houston Texans, and even you know. Uh, even all the, tra- the trash talk between our fan base and uh, Seattle's, they do they do have an underrated team, in my opinion. People are riding them out too quickly um, this offseason. Obviously, they're going to be a losing team this year. I, I'm definitely willing to put a lot of money on that. But um, just that team as a whole, I feel like losing Russ did make a lot of fans out on Seattle super fast. So, you know, our fans need to take that into consideration. You know, we didn't lose to the worst team. Um, but at the same time, we we only lost to ourselves. If we're being completely honest, Seattle fans know that deep down, um, they did not they they beat us on paper. Yes, you know we have the own one record. They have the one and zero record. But we lost to ourselves. Um, what I expect from this team this week, though, is to uh, play up to their standards. We need to play up to our standards. We're going to be playing in front of Broncos country um, in regular season action for the first time. Russell Wilson's going to be playing uh, in front of this uh, fan base in live action for the first time. And so what I'm expecting this week is just a well-managed game, a well-coached uh, game. Uh, I want to see great discipline. I want to see better tackling. Um, I'm just I'm just expecting a well-executed game, the players sticking to their game plan. Um, like you're talking about Javante Williams, man. He's he's a safety blanket for us. I really was – it actually surprised me. I love Javante. I know he was capable of it. I just didn't know they were going to incorporate Javante into the game plan like that. Um, and so Benjamin Albright even talked about this um, – around the preseason time, how Javante Williams and uh, Melvin Gordon, the snap count was going to be in favor of Javante around 55 to 45. And literally like the st- statistics show that that was true in terms of carries. Melvin did get more touches, um, but just overall touches and uh, snaps uh, Mel was in favor of Javante. And so um, if we can, you know, continue to u- utilize Javante's uh, skill set and his strengths. Oh man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to see, and I could definitely see Javante. Um, this team will, will be comfortable riding forward with Javante in future years as this team start um future starter. And you know, there's been fans who question uh, the possibility of us, you know, not willing to pay that much to a running back in Javante in the future, and if it was worth you know trading up in the second for a J- player like Javante, 100% was worth it. I think he's a he's a really good player. You're not gonna find many players who are elusive and as skilled as he is in terms of just overall pure strength and him him getting all these touches and you know receptions he's setting himself up for a big payday he's in terms of like the receiving game if they can keep this up it can be similar to austin eckler he's obviously not up there yet but just his his overall skill set allows him to be 
absolute beast in both the receiving game and running game. I love what I'm seeing from him. I've said this from day one, um, his North Carolina days. I, I just love the guy. Um, if we can u- utilize him as much as possible against Houston, we honestly could just win the game just like that. I mean, Russ doesn't even have to be the hero this weekend at all. Um, so I'm not expecting him to, you know, play hero ball or, you know, even go deep this game. Um, I honestly just expect it to be a well-managed game, you know, work the short passes, like you said. Um, yeah, def- we're definitely expecting, um, I'm, I'm at least predicting a double-digit win for the Broncos come Sunday. Um, with that being said, we can kind of talk about um, the stat lines for our players. Who do you, th- who do you think is going to have like the biggest game uh, for the Broncos on Sunday? Well, and actually, before we transition to that, I just want to touch on something that you said, you know, uh, and like you said, you know, uh, last week, we, yes, they won on paper, but we really just beat ourselves. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, and that's what I mean when I say that that performance was so fluky. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, it's not a fluke because we should have just been better that night. But uh, and like I said, the, the things that we saw out there on Monday are not going to happen again. You know, you're not going to see that again. Like, you're not going to see that regularly. And that's the thing. I mean, if you go back and watch that game, uh, you had the dropped. Uh, was it Sobert? Was he? Uh, Eric. T- well, okay. Yeah. So there's both tight ends. Eric Tomlinson. Uh, Sobert's the one that dropped that. Yeah. He should have. He should have. Yeah. Uh, t- if you if you learn how to tuck the ball correctly, that would have been a touchdown. And then Tomlinson, his big toe was touching the, the sideline. So. Exactly. And I mean, so you have two plays right there and I, I can't remember which was on each drive, but uh, so you had the two goal line fumbles and then those that, that so that's three or four missed scoring opportunities right there that all four would have led to touchdowns mm-hmm. now. And if you really that's... put that into perspective, I mean, that's that's a game that um, I look at it as we won that game by probably two, if not three possessions. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that's why I am not concerned about this team at all because – and that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of – I feel like that's kind of what every uh, every fan expected was for us to beat the absolute breaks off Seattle. Yeah. And, I mean, the way I look at it, just from a play-calling standpoint, schematically, um, you know, everything that uh, – you know, the, the things that matter most on the football field, I, I we excelled at. And then it's the, it was the fundamentals where we, where we were lacking and what cost us the game. And so, like you said, I'd have to, I'd have to stick with your prediction. I'm, I'm expecting at least a double digit one, mm-hmm. but um, for stat lines, yeah. you want starting with offense. Um, I, I don't know why, but you know what? I'm feeling, uh, I think, you know, Judy had a really good game on Monday and, okay. I, and I think, I think he's going to be really good. I, I think he'll be uh, great as well this week. But you know, I I don't know why, but I'm feeling I'm feeling it's going to be a uh, a Sutton type of day. I'm who do you think it's going to be? Li- Sorry to interrupt. Who do you think is going to be aligned with? Who's going to be lined up with uh, Derek Stingley? Mm, you, you know that that and that's a great question. Um, I I honestly think it's going to change. I, I I think that could change all game long. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, he's because he's a physical he's a physical corner, but he's also a speedy corner, so he really can match up well with Judy and Sutton. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, well, and actually, that's kind of what leads me to think that Sutton's going to have a bigger day because Stingley's physical, but you know, I I'm giving Court the edge on you know, I mean, well, obviously, Court's definitely bigger than Stingley, but 
I mean, um, Corey knows how to expose young corners, so I'm not exactly. Gonna that. You know, and, and that that's what gives that's what gives me the the hesitation with Stingley. I feel you know, and well, and that's the thing with Judy and Sutton. You know, you got a you got just a prototypical uh, X receiver, big body guy. He's going to go up and get your contested catches, and then you got one of the best route runners, if not the best, uh, in Jerry Judy. Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel like. I feel like Lovey Smith and the Texans, I feel like they're really going to try to get those matchups uh, with Stingley on Jude and stuff. Uh, yeah. And that one, well, that's the thing too, you know, they run a, they run a Tampa two based scheme. So uh, Stingley, he's going to, re- he's kind of just locking down one side of the field, not, uh, not specific players. Um, I think it's possible. We see a little bit of man from them. Uh, I, it, I'm of the opinion that that would be a blatantly idiotic idea. And then uh, court's gonna show Stingley who his dad is, but um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, in all seriousness, I I think court I could see. I think this is totally realistic. I I got him uh, with a touchdown and over 115 receiving yards. Oh, okay, wow. So, Sutton. All right, I I mean, I like it, man. Sutton's due for a big game. I mean, <laughs> imagine Judy and Sutton just like tossing trading uh games throughout the season um judy freaking bro judy is judy's literally on like i think he's project he's uh projected for like 1700 yards after um sunday's game he is so good bro and that's with that's not even with russ even like looking at that's literally on four catches that's not even with like russ targeting that that even that often so if, if we can continue to just like get that chemistry and live in, you know, in those games and just continue to let Russ cook with Sutton and Judy. My gosh, man, that'd be, it'd be insane, dude. Um, also, I want to, I want to ask you, this is kind of going a little bit off topic. What do you think about Montreal Washington stepping into the third string spot as a fifth round rookie? How do you think that's going to go? I love it to be honest. You know, um, the dude had an amazing camp. Uh, he was promising in preseason. Uh, you know, and that's, that's, I guess, you know, with guys like that, I guess that's kind of all you can really ask for, you know? Um, and she, well, he, he was fifth round, right? Fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like that's, I really don't think we drafted him with any other expectations for other than for him to be a returner and like really valuable in uh, exactly. special teams. And then, I mean, if, even if he can come in and I mean, I feel like when guys have great camps and stuff or they, they have a good preseason, you know, people start looking at them like they're uh, top-tier players, you know, and they start expecting them to go off for 115, two tutties. But, that you know, that's not realistic, obviously. Yeah. Um, if he can even come in and just be, like, a serviceable option, um, then I think, I, I you know, I think that's a score. I think that's a huge win. Uh, because you're, you, I mean, you already at that point, you've already gotten more value out of him than what you drafted him to be. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a great role for him. Uh, you know, and he, he's got speed, he's a burner. Um, I, I think he, I think too, uh, not only that, but I think Hackett could get uh, a little bit creative with, with Montrell. I feel like we could scheme some interesting concepts up for him. Yeah, maybe that some of those uh, jet motions off of uh, Judy's shoulders. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's like I, I, 
I think it's uh, I, I think he's a player that you can really get creative with. So I'm going to be really interested to see how he handles that role. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I can't say my expectations are high, but I think it's I think he's going to fill the role well. Yeah, you're being realistic. I I agree with that. I definitely could see the team. I'm willing to put my money on the team calling up uh, Hinton um, before Sunday's game, and they'll probably just rotate um, Montreal. Um, they'll probably have Virgil active, and um, maybe they'll give Hinton a few looks. Um, I'm not sure if they'll make Virgil a healthy scratch again. I, I doubt that'll be the case. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see, man. We got some really, really, really young receivers there already stepping into a, a starting spot um, with, you know, without with uh, Hamler out. So it's going to be interesting to see that um, going up against Houston's defense, um, you know, obviously, Lovey, Lovey Smith is a good defensive play caller. He has a head coach spot for a reason. So it's going to be a bit of a test, even though they're the Houston Texans. Um, so, yeah, just um, with my expectations for that, uh, for our our uh, defense for this weekend is just to get off to a better start. Last week was very uh, discouraging to see them in the first half, but they definitely uh, rebounded. In terms of uh, stat lines for this game for the Broncos, um, on both sides of the ball overall, I'm expecting – I want I want Caden Stearns to have a good game. Um, I'm not sure in his first game as a starter since Simmons out with that quad injury. Um, by the way, I don't even know if I touched on that. My bad if I missed that. But uh, Justin Simmons is on the IR. He's missing uh, minimum four weeks. Uh, big time, big time loss. Um, he obviously signed that big deal. He's a big part of this uh, organization. Um, one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the NFL. Um, out with a quad injury, and Caden Stearns has to uh, step into the starting role. Um, I honestly, a lot of fans freaked out about that. But I have a lot of confidence in Caden Stearns. I really don't, and you guys can you guys can flame me for this. I really don't see too big of a drop off between Simmons and Stearns. I, that might be that might be a reach, but I think Simmons is a much better ball hawk. Don't get me wrong, and Stearns even showed in his rookie season that he can be a ball hawk too. Um, if if Stearns can be uh, – what, what I want to see from Stearns is uh, more of a leadership role, and that's just my question for the entire defense. Who is going to step up and be the leader of this defense? Hopefully um, Chubb, DJ Jones, um, Darby, um, Sertan maybe. Um, I, would, I, would, I would definitely want someone to come out and you know be a leader for that defense considering Justin Simmons has become an absolute – he's been obviously the face of our defense ever since Von Miller was traded. Um, yeah, going back to Stearns, I just want to see him uh, take on more of a leadership role. Obviously, he's going to be in there for four weeks, so he's got to take that. He's got to take that on in the secondary. Um, and I just want to have him uh, see him have a good game. He doesn't have to produce in the stat sheet, but just have a good game for that defense. Hold his own. Um, you know, try to step into that spot as well as he can. Obviously, you can't replace a guy like Justin Simmons, but um, do the best that you can. I do see a lot in uh, Caden Stearns. Um, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that spot at all, to be honest. If I'm if I'm being completely honest there, you know, and I would agree. That's and that's one thing that uh, I think everyone's kind of panicking and overreacting to. Um, and obviously, and like you said, you know, there's no replacing Simmons. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I think his replacement, his fill-in, is going to be abs. I I think, and like you said, you know, I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off. Um, I mean, Stearns, no, he's not going to be the the ball hawk that Simmons is. No, he's not going to have the – and he doesn't have the IQ that Simmons has yet. But, um, you know, just from what 
rookie year, we saw nothing, I mean, nothing but flashes. And uh, so that leads me to be encouraged. Um, I mean, I definitely think there will be growing pains with him still just being so young and thrust into into the role, but I don't really think we're going to see much of it uh, Sunday. You know, uh, I, I'm not trying to push over the Texans again, but, you know, it's it's Houston. Um, I would be more I'll, – I'll be more concerned about that role uh, maybe against San Francisco, the Raiders. Um, but I see him having a great game on Sunday, and I think he's going to fill the role well. Um, you know, and actually this may be a hot take, but, you know, if we had to lose someone on defense, um, if there was a position uh, on defense where we had to lose someone, I mean, it, it, you know, safety is kind of like the most convenient because just because of the replacement there, you know, and it how, is very deep. How, yeah, I'd say that that might be uh, one of our deepest positions, if not the deepest on on defense and on the team in general. Um and I look at I look at Stearns as a perfectly serviceable starter already, and I think he I think he still has tons of room to develop and grow. Um, and I think he could actually be not only a starter, but I think he could be a high end starter. Um, so and I I don't necessarily know if we'll see that this season, but I think it I think it'll happen. Um, and I think as of now, he I mean I think he's uh, just as capable as probably half the starting safeties in the league. So. I, I, I'm really not worried about the position or it being exploited on Sunday at all. Yeah, I was right about to say a lot of teams would be fortunate to have Stearns, actually. Um, he could really develop into something nice in this league. Um, so for us to have him on this team, uh, we're definitely we're definitely lucky. That was a steal of a pick. Um, obviously, teams are worried about his injuries, but up to this point, he's been healthy. Knock on wood, he stays healthy. Um, we definitely need him for this defense with Simmons out. Um, but in terms of statistics, I want to just go throw it, um, make my prediction, say Russell Wilson has the best day on our offense. Um, I can see him having a good game. Um, and then defensively, I want to see someone like Draymond Jones or someone in the interior I feel like is going to have a good game. Um, the Texans said their Lovey Smith said he wants to increase the role of Damian Pierce, the uh, rookie out of Florida, um, the running back. So maybe DJ Jones or Draymond Jones – um, just really plugs up the that interior of their offensive line well. Um, I'm not too familiar with their starting offensive linemen aside from Larry uh, Lerman T- uh, Tunzel, um, but yeah, I I do expect um, that interior defensive line to have a good game. Um, statistically, I could see dude, uh, Draymond Jones having a good game. Draymond Jones is so underrated on this defense. Like if you don't watch tape on the Broncos defense, watch Draymond Jones. He is super like. Super quietly good on that defense. I like him a lot. He could probably he'll probably shock um, George Payne will probably shock everyone with like a big extension for him uh, within like a year or so. Um, I do like Draymond Jones a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just throw out a bull take and say Draymond Jones has the best day defensively. Um, so yeah, those are our stat predictions for um, Sunday's game and Houston. Um, and we already kind of talked about this, but uh, we want to kind of give a definitive answer on this. Who is one Texans player you are most concerned um, and or worried about on Sunday, if you had to give one? Ah, uh, this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. And this actually, and I'm glad you asked that question because yeah, I, I just kind of realized I didn't really break anything down from the Texans, per, uh, the Texans point of view. Um, that's one thing I, I want to touch on. You know, I really think this defense, I think Mills uh, – pocket presence isn't the greatest, you know, and I think this is a defense 
especially schematically that can make things really hard on young, young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, if we get some good disguises in there and things, things of that sort, I think Mills could have a really rough day. And so I, I mean, not, not only would I not be surprised, I would be shocked if the Texans, I mean, I would be floored if the Texans aren't run heavy. Um, and so, I mean, I guess if I had, uh, I mean, if Lovey Smith is uh, legitimate at all about increasing Damian Pierce's role, then yes, I, I mean, I would definitely say him. But if, I mean, if, if their game plan looks like anything similar to what we saw last week, then I, I, I mean, at that point, I, 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 not to push the Texans over again, but. I mean, I really wouldn't be worried about anyone other than maybe Brandon Cooks uh, slipping free for a deep ball. Oh but. yeah, he's he's a he's a stat machine. He's Brandon Brandon Cooks is so underrated. I will say that very underrated, you know. And I, but other than and even then, you know, I I I, I think if PS two can lock up uh, DK the way he did, he can he can for sure lock sure. up Brandon. So, uh, I. I, I, I my actually, I think that's my favorite, and I love the offensive matchup that we have this game. I think Russ is. I, th- I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if we uh, dropped a thirty bomb, but uh, I, I love the defensive matchups we have. Love them. Okay. Uh, okay. That in that offensive line, I know you were saying that you weren't too uh, too, weren't too familiar with them, but. Um, and I, I'm not too individually f- familiar with all of them, but I do know that uh, the the centers have, or not the centers, the Texans have a lot of interior O line problems. So I could especially, and I, think I figured, I, I I can definitely see your predict. I actually don't even think your uh, Draymond Jones take is a hot take. I think that would honestly probably be my my uh, take for. Who fills the stat sheet up the most on defense as, uh, as far as this game goes? Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna definitely get a lot of interior, or definitely get a lot of interior pressure. I and I and that's what uh, that's what screws with Mills the most. You know, his pocket presence is horrible. Um, yep. and it's not. It's pretty rare that I say that about a quarterback, but his, I mean his pocket presence is kind of on the likes of Drew Locke. Um, so that'll give you an idea of where he stands. And I just think, uh, I think with someone like him, interior pressure is so valuable. Uh, it's going to force him out of the pocket. It's going to make, it's going to bait him into making bad decisions. And like I said, you know, that those coverage schemes can really, really uh, screw with the young quarterback. So I'm excited. Yeah. To, I'm excited to see if we can really kind of confuse Mills and uh, get pressure on him. And we didn't see much of it last last week until the the second half so hopefully we can keep a, a solid amount of pressure on mills uh throughout the whole game and i mean i think the coverage is gonna i think that'll take care of itself yeah i, th- I was right about to say like um as soon as you get him out of the pocket davis mills uh he's screwed <laughs> to be yeah, to yeah, be honest and, and you know what i mean i actually you know i think that would be my biggest key to the game on on either side of the ball yeah, biggest, I'm sure that's their game plan. Biggest key to the game, if if we can force Dave, if we if we can force Mills into becoming a playmaker, um, if mm-hmm. if we put him in a situation where he has to make plays like that, that the Texans aren't winning. Um, yeah. It's just not happening. That's not his game. That's not how Mills plays. And I actually I actually like Mills a lot, and I think he can have a I think he can have a decent future in this league. Um, just with 
but with this specific matchup and if we can uh make him force him into the situations that I just listed, I think we're gonna have a pretty handily one. That's a beautiful deep ball. I won't I won't, you know, go against that. He has a beautiful deep ball. But that's oh, only that, when his yeah. that's only when his uh, O line yeah, only when his O line's holding up. And he's going up against a crazy Broncos defense, man. So if we can create that, uh, cr- um, if we can create pressure on him, that's literally just we're, we just, you know, talk. We, you know, we just basically form this game plan for uh, Zero Vero. You know, get pressure, especially in the interior on Davis Mills, and you know, boom, they're not scoring any points. In fact, they'll probably turn over the ball multiple times. Um, and you know, we have the defensive backs to um, to make those plays. I could definitely see Sertan having a good day as well. Um, him and Draymond Jones, they're they're due for big games. I'm telling you guys, um, I'm I'm a hype for this game, man. This it's got me, you know, hype for the Broncos defense. In fact, um, so yeah, we got a big game coming Sunday. Excited for that. Um, what do you? Wh- okay, so here's one of the biggest questions. I know so many Broncos fans are going to be on Hackett's neck this Sunday. What do you want to see from Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach of this team on Sunday after that horrific decision that completely embarrassed this? team on um live television national television. Um, you know i mean I, and that's that's the problem I, I i actually don't really have an answer to this question because my only criticism of hackett came from uh the one decision to kick the field goal that was i mean that yeah. uh, that was my real that was really my only criticism of his coaching performance uh week one you know uh, the decision in itself, I mean, and that that was one that I could not fathom in any way. Like, I, I ran it through my head so many times trying to find any angle in which that would even be, like, remotely logical, and I couldn't <laughs> find one. Um, that That's like a decision that I can't even, cons- like, can't fathom a, f- a professional football coach would make. And that's why I was so uh, so heated after that game. And that's why I was I, I may have sounded concerned with Hackett. Um, and I mean, I am slightly concerned because I, I, I still just cannot fathom that uh, a head coach would make that decision. Um, I, I can't believe trusting a 64 yard field goal over trusting the guy you just paid two hundred and fifty six million dollars to. But as far as as far as everything that I like and that's the thing that was that was a, a situational and I know Hackett will learn from it. And so mm. that makes me feel better. Um, and again, I mean, that is so basic. I, I don't know why you should have to learn from something like that. I thought that was like. Yeah, it's true. I, I definitely do think that it's so stupid that he's going to look I, back on it and be like, why the hell did I do that? He's a smart guy. I think he's going to he's going to rebound from it. Well, and, and, you know, and see, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say here is. Yes, I mean, I, we see it every single week in the NFL. You see, like, it, there's a late-game situation. Uh, it's it's a tight game, and a coach may make a questionable call. You can question yeah. it, but you can still, like, you can see the risk-reward of why they did what they did. And, and you know, in a, lot, in a lot of cases, it just ends up being the wrong call. And you can say, okay, yeah, maybe this wasn't the smartest call. That was not what Hackett did on Monday. Hackett made a decision that I, I mean I I thought that was just like common sense. I thought that that was something 
I mean, like, I mean, like when my 78 year old grand grandmother is calling me asking why he didn't, uh, why they didn't go for it on fourth down when she has more <laughs> basic, when she has more basic football knowledge than what was displayed on, oh my on the field in the fourth quarter. I mean, that that's concerning. And I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was a funny analogy, but that's, that's a true story. When, yeah. when, when Trayton's grandmother has more basic football knowledge uh, in a situation like that, that is very concerning. Oh, that's funny. And we that's love you, Grandma. Just, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> maybe but, she'd have been uh, calling up hacking instead. I, I mean, shit, maybe we would. <laughs> oh. It's funny as fuck. But, uh, you know, and that's just it, it was it was a decision that was just so far out in left field. It was like, that's concerning that he even mm-hmm. considered that. Um, but as far as everything throughout the course of the game, play calling, schematics, um, personnel, I mean, everything other than that one decision was actually just like excellent. I had almost no complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, and that play calling was nice. I like the play calling. Oh, the play calling was, I mean, it, I mean, it was like night and day from what we had to endure on a weekly basis last year. Yeah, you could tell Miles' difference. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's very, very encouraging. And that's, why I, and that's why I said I don't really have an answer to this, this question because mm-hmm. I have no criticisms of him other than that one decision. And, I, like, I, I mean, I would doubt that we're going to run into the same situation um, in this game. And, uh, and that's the thing, too, even like the clock management. Hackett didn't – a lot of people were slamming him for clock management. And Hackett, when I, like at any time in that game throughout where he had to manage the clock, he actually did it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was my first thought is like, oh, God, here we are with horrible time management again. But then it was like, oh, shit. Like, no, they, like this is the plan. Like, the, yeah, the, this is just what they're going to do. And so, I mean, clock man, I, I, I mean, again, if we're, if we're put into a late game, like a tight late game scenario again, obviously I would love to see better management of it and better decision making. Um, I, I sure would hope that we're not in a, like in a late game scenario with the Texans, but, um, but I know, I mean, I, and I know we'll see another late game scenario later on in the season. So I guess, I guess I could say that is my one that's my one expectation or thing I want to see from him is I want to see him manage a late game situation better than he did. Um, But then again, just as for this week though, I mean, I really have no criticisms or uh, I have no criticisms or anything. I'm even interested to see, you know, I mean, if the play calling is even, I, if the play calling looks anything like what it did last week, then I I'd, I'd say we're on our way to a pretty successful day on offense. Okay. I like it. Um, there's actually one thing, can I say, I want to, um, talk about that one, the one point before, obviously the decision to kick the 64 yard field goal when they were running it, they're running the clock down and we all, all like NFL fans were thinking, okay, Russ is about to, Russ is about to, um, run like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a hard count or whatever to try to get the defense to jump off sides. They didn't even do it. I didn't, I really understand that. It made no sense to me, but the fact that we were running the clock down, I'm not gonna lie. I did agree with that decision, and Peyton Manning was like, "Timeout, timeout, call timeout." I I honestly thought they were that was a good decision there by Hackett because you're limiting the chances of let's say you go and kick a field goal, you're limiting the chances of Seattle, 
using whatever time is left to go possibly return a kick and you know whether it be a, a special teams touchdown or a really good return kick return which we've seen plenty of times as broncos fans poor special teams coverage they have a good return and get into field goal position to eventually take the lead again i like that we were cutting down the time it's just the fact that we didn't go for that fourth and five that kills every broncos fan knowing that you know with russ that ball in russell wilson's hands the game in the line he probably you know we can't say definitively but he we definitely would have had a better shot at converting that rather than mcmanus nailing the second longest field goal in nfl history if we're talking about someone who's so in analytics um why didn't why didn't Hackett you know make that decision there was even reports that he hired literally he literally hired someone to talk to him about like in his like headset to like help him through situational football and like um like through game like a clock no, i don't know if it was clock management or just like really important uh decisions in like crucial moments within the game especially in final moments and even with that i, I don't know if that guy in his ear or something or whatever but you know that was he just chose like his trust and his kicker over pure logic we can argue about this for days and days, but just want to kind of, you know, give my last thoughts on that before, you know, we wrap up this segment with, for the Texans pregame. But yeah, that to me, that just that whole final moment of the game that screwed everything up. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We got to move on. Um, so final thing I want to ask you before we head into, um, before we watch this game on Sunday, um, all super, super, super hype. We're going to be one and one and one. Trust me. Um, what is your score prediction against the Houston Texans? Uh, obviously, I'm get, I'm assuming you have the Broncos winning, but um, about why, by how much, and what exact score? I'm gonna go on a limb here. I, I you know, I had okay. a fair, I had a fairly, uh, I would say, ambitious score prediction last week, and I'm I'm keeping right with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the Broncos winning 31 to 13. 31 to 13. Nice. I like it. Well, what's your reasoning behind that? You know, it's just, I I really think from everything I've seen from Mills on tape, um, I think that he is going to have a really, really rough day. I I think that we're going to confuse the shit out of him. I think the coverage is going to be, I think that'll be significantly better. Um, I could, I mean, I could see like Brandon cooks getting loose for a deep ball on one play. Mm. Um, and maybe we let up a TD and that, you know, that's why I have them scoring 13 points. But other than that, I really don't think that this team is going to give up anything short. Um, so, and that's, I, if they are going to make their way down the field, it's going to come from either, either like a Brandon Cooks uh, deep ball, maybe Nico Collins makes some plays or a uh, big Damian Pierce run. But he, and, and like, that's, the only way I see the Texans even being competitive in this game is, like I said, if Lovey was at all legitimate about uh, Pierce's role being increased. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Pierce is heavily involved and, uh, you know, and, and shit, maybe I, I could be completely wrong. But I just think this defense is going to give Davis Mills a really rough day. I think he's going to have a lot of trouble. And then the, the offense is the offense. And, I mean, the offense doesn't even have to be spectacular in this game to win. Yeah, I definitely wow. agree. I think their offense is going to struggle quite a bit. Um, we we talk plenty about you know the the interior pressure that we want to cause, and you know if we can get him out of the pocket, then he's he's basically screwed. Um, he's due for a long, long, long day. And as long as the offense can get off to a good start and we can play with the lead, I don't think they'll they'll ever be able uh, to catch up. To be honest with you, 
Um, I got the Broncos in this one, 24 to nine. I think the Texans actually don't score a single touchdown. Um, I think I could see the defense rebounding. Um, I could see them, you know, the Broncos, um, Broncos country is going to play a huge effect in uh, this. I don't think the Texans offense is going to be up for this uh, mile high altitude. I got the Broncos by 15 in this one. Um, I, I mean, I, I really like the Broncos in this one. I even told some people I'm willing to put like a grand on this win. Like I, I hundred percent can see us winning this. I know, I know, you know, as other NFL fans, you're probably like, okay, yeah, you saw the, the Broncos blowing out uh, Seattle. I had, I had uh, the Broncos beating Seattle 24 to 13. Obviously we saw how that, how that went, but um, yeah, I got the Broncos by 15 in this one. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, episode. I had a blast. Um, we, you know, from top to bottom, we covered uh, this pregame review for the Broncos uh, against the Houston Texans. Um, hopefully, the, by the next episode, we're, we're, you know, celebrating me and Trayton. We're talking about how well this team played. Um, obviously, there's always going to be room for improvement, and we're going to bring you, you know, the most brutal, honest uh, takes on this team. You know, where weaknesses, strengths, how we can get better, but also what we did amazing. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to leave a review, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your um, respective platforms. Uh, make sure to share this podcast as well. I um, appreciate all the love and support we're getting on here. Um, be sure to stay uh, stick with us throughout the season, man. We got daily content coming out. Um, me and Trey, me and Trey, man, we're going to be grinding for you guys. I promise that. So uh, with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed. On to the next one. Peace.